Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Holy Man podcast. My name is Paul. Some of you have called me Pastor Paul. There's some of you out there in the world who have called me Pastor B before. Uh, so hey, it's good to be with all of you. You know, I love being on a journey with all of you men as we talk about what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives and moving us towards holiness. You know, we can't do it on our own. If we try to do it on our own, man, we're going to fail. It's only through God's grace. Preveniently, he loved us before we deserve to be loved. When we finally met him and accepted him, he, he made us right. He justified us. And now we're on that sanctifying journey of God's grace, just continuing to love us where we are and help us to on a journey of becoming more and more holy men. You know, I, I love the journey that we're on right now, going through the, uh, the book, The Measure of the Man that Gene Getz wrote. And uh, in each chapter, we're looking at some of the attributes or the different ways that we as men in the life of the church, we on a journey with Christ, uh, the, the letters that Paul wrote to Timothy and Titus that shared those lists of things that we need to be working on, things, little attributes that we should have growing in our faith, things that we should not be doing if we're growing in our faith. And so I just love these lists because, you know, uh, it, it helps us to figure things out, helps us to realize these areas that we need to be growing in. And we all have areas in which to grow. We each do. We each have our own area. Some of us have many areas that we need to be growing in. And I get that guys, we're all, we're on a different place in our journey. We all had different upbringings, different journeys. And so we're all at a different place. You know, I have to admit though, that when I, when I saw this one, the one that we're going to be talking about today on the list within uh, what Paul wrote to Timothy and Titus, it, it, it took me off guard a little bit. I thought, does this need to be on the list? Or, you know, cause this one is a little rough. Uh, you know, these things that Paul wrote to help people uh, on their journey of faith, he kind of wrote it to people who were already on the journey for a while. People that were kind of becoming, you know, leaders in the church or potential leaders in the church. And so you would think that these people had at least a little bit of their Christian walk together already. And so this one, it just, it caught me off guard and it's the Greek word pleitis. And, and it's something that we are not supposed to be doing if we're on a journey of faith. In some translations, it says this word as pugnacious. Now, not too many of us, at least I don't use pugnacious too often in my everyday conversations. Maybe you do. Uh, and so in, in other translations, you might get this one a little bit more. It's, it says, don't be violent. 
Don't be a striker of others. So the person who does pleaktis is a man who is ready to come to blows with someone else. You know, and as, as you study this word a little bit, we're not just talking, it's not just a physical thing. It's not fisticuffs. It can be, and many times it is. But more than that, this can be a verbal thing where someone just rips into someone else with a verbal tirade. You know, my heart breaks that this is a thing, guys, that this needed to be on the list, that Paul felt he saw enough of what he was seeing to realize this needs to be on the list. Hey, Timothy, hey, Titus, when you're getting godly leaders ready for work in the church, make sure they're not doing pleaktis. Oh, you know, that's just crazy to me that this needed to be on the journey, but it is. And even in, you know, if you look at other historical documents in the church, you know, it, there's one place back in the early days of the church where they were making lists for bishops and how bishops are supposed to handle themselves. They were the big kahunas, the big leaders of the church. And there was something in there that talked about pleaktis, how they were not supposed to tear into people in their churches or their leaders in the churches. They were not supposed to verbally have tirades with them. It's just crazy. You know, so this person who is a person who, for whatever reason, intentionally, or maybe they're just out of their mind a little bit, but they hurt another person, whether it's verbally, physically, sexually, it could be. So we can be talking about domestic violence here. We can be talking about abuse of some kind, verbal, sexual, physical. You know, as a pastor, my heart breaks to hear how many people in the church have experienced some kind of domestic violence or domestic abuse, either growing up as kids or teenagers, adults, you know, people hurting other people who should be the ones caring the most about them or for them. But we all know it happens. And there's, I can't imagine there's not at least a couple of you out there that have been doing the actual abusing. I'm sure that a bunch of you have received some level of this abuse, of this violence, of someone striking you either physically or verbally. But, but a couple of you out there, I'm sure, are presently in, at some level doing this one. And we need to hear it. You're probably squirming a little bit as you hear this. You know, we see it outside the home as well. You know, rage is a serious problem. It shows up all over the place. The easy place to talk about is road rage. You know, I've seen so many videos. Uh, they, they come on TikTok. They come on, on uh, Facebook. You know, the people out there who get out of their cars raging and verbally assaulting or punching windows, using weapons of some kind. You know, I've, I've seen the videos. I have not seen huge. I guess I've seen it in person. Yeah. Not little levels. I haven't seen the big ones, but uh, you know, I've wished it, witnessed it in a store, you know, where a customer goes into a little rage going off on a store employee. You know, it's ugly. Sometimes it's at workplaces. People get worked up and violent with others. What about a town hall media meeting, you know, where there's politics involved or people, you know, taking advantage of other people with their votes, you know, it gets ugly. It happens. But again, it's kind of amazing that Paul was writing this to Timothy and Titus as they were raising up leaders in the church. Plictis is on the list telling people don't get violent. Don't strike others. 
it's in there. You know, let me read you, you know, again, this, so this could be written to a pastor. Let me read you a portion of a news story. I, I just saw it a couple of days ago as I was getting ready to do this. It just came out. And uh, this is a, a North Carolina pastor has been arrested and charged with assault and battery after an altercation with a few employees at a local McDonald's restaurant. Okay, now it's going to make a little bit more sense to you here in just a moment. Let me read this to you. The pastor's wife, LaToya, was the manager in training at the McDonald's in question. And LaToya claims that she had faced consistent disrespect from coworkers since being hired back in May of 2023. So on December 28th, she called her husband to tell him that she was being disrespected again. Well, Dwayne, the husband drove to McDonald's to pick up his wife and take her home. When he arrived, he told her to grab her things, clock out and let's leave. That's when the situation escalated. She went back to get her keys. And when she went back to get her keys, a gentleman came from behind, which was a manager, mouthing off at the husband and disrespecting the wife. Dwayne approached him and said, what you are not going to do is disrespect my wife in front of me. So you can already hear, I mean, I read it probably, maybe not even as much as what Dwayne was raising his voice at. So it says, according to the police report, Dwayne put his hands around the neck of an employee, pushed his head toward a deep fryer and punched him in the face several times. I don't know why I'm laughing at this, but guys, holy cow, holy hippopotamus. Right. Several McDonald's employees had to step in to pull Dwayne off of the victim. This is a pastor, guys. You know, can I see this? If my family was being hurt over and over, whether it was my wife or one of my kids, could it get me a little hot under the collar? Well, of course, but enough to assault somebody to take their heads towards a deep fryer. Oh, I hope not. I don't think so, but it just makes me wonder, you know, as I ponder it, you know, I get it. You know, there are buttons in each of us that can be pushed and get us to a level where we could lash out, where we could pleat tease, where we could get a little violent. I, there, you know, I can't imagine there's some of us in our world that I can't imagine being like this. But it's in here. Paul put it in here for a reason, guys. You know, as I think back to my my many years in the local church, uh, both before as a pastor and then as a pastor, and I have to admit, I've seen this. I've seen and heard about so-called leaders in the churches when it gets ugly, sometimes really ugly, verbally assaulting others. Yes, sometimes it comes to physical pushing and shoving and maybe even a fist or two, you know, when, when, when those in the higher ups are making changes and if it's going against what you think is right and wrong, there people get upset. People get, it's like a town hall meeting, but in a church and things can get a little messy. You know, Christian people can get to the point of hurting others. You know, as we dig into the scriptures, we see it there. We shouldn't be overly surprised. You know, in our chapter of the measure of the man, Gene points out to several of the, the big kahunas in scripture 
who did pleak tease. You know, Moses, he let his anger get out of control and he sinned. He let his anger get out of control and he killed somebody back before he was fully walking with God. What about David? You know, the, the whole ugly story of Bathsheba when he lets his frustration with what's going on with his life lead him to having Uriah killed. And then when Nathan, the prophet comes in and tells him this story about this man who's doing wrong, David gets worked up and says that, pen, you know, a penalty needs to come to that man. Well, Nathan says, well, David, it's you. <laughs> you know, you think of the, of the apostle Paul. He had to be thinking of his own story when he's writing this to Timothy and Titus, because Paul, before he became the great apostle Paul, he was torturing, killing Christians. What about Peter? The great Simon Peter, who eventually became one of the top leaders in the church. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was being arrested, when Peter's way of life the way that he thought things were going to go when that was being threatened, what does Peter do? He pulls out his sword and violently strikes another guy, cutting off his ear. That's pleak tease, guys. So he's been walking with Jesus for three years, watching Jesus and how Jesus lives his life. And here he is doing this. So we can see. It, it, it is a thing, guys. We need to be aware of it. And I know there's some of you out there that maybe you struggle with this. Maybe you let your road rage get out of hand. Maybe there are moments when you get so frustrated with what's going on at your house or what's going on at work that you can get violent, maybe with your words, maybe with your physical actions. You know, let's talk about what can be at the heart of this sinful action. I want you to remember back, if you have been listening for a while, maybe you listened back to the last episode of last semester. It would have been episode 50. So it would have been chapter uh, 10 in the book that we're talking through. If you listen to that one, it was about being self-centered or self-willed or, you know, simply selfish in nature, being more about myself than others. You know, and I said in that episode, as we, as I studied that one, that it's at the heart. Everything we talked about before that week dealt with self-centeredness. Everything after it, including today's topic, has a heart that is self-willed. If I am hurting or assaulting someone else, no matter how I'm doing that, it more than likely is happening because I am more focused on my own self-will than I am on others. For instance, think of road rage. It happens when some other driver is affecting my driving, when they are keeping me from going the speed or making the turns that I want to make at the time that I want to make them. You know, I'm going to get enraged and we get angry. It's all about me. I don't care if there's a reason for that person driving as they are. You know, they could be a brand new driver learning how to drive for the first time. Maybe they're under the weather. Who knows what the reason that they're driving the way they are, but it's affecting me, doggone it. And so I'm a ticked and I'm going to rage. And it's because I'm more focused on myself than others. You think of a town hall meeting. If a voter 
or a vote or a decision is going to affect me, gloves go off. I want my life the way I want it. Don't touch or else. You think about in my home. If I'm abusing someone, no matter whether it's verbally or physically or any other way, it's probably a selfish reason materialistic reason. It's about me. I want my way of life to be my way. And if you're not letting that happen, if you're getting in the way in whatever way that is, even if it's just you being in the room with me, maybe that's causing me to not be able to do what I want to do. And therefore I'm going to come after you. For some people, it could be that it's a denial thing. You know, I might not even recognize that I'm doing it. Maybe that's you out there. Maybe as I'm saying this, I'm like, I, I don't even see the, how I'm doing this. Maybe it's because it was done to you when you were younger. So I just believe it's the way of life. It's what we do. Dad did it to me, so I do it to my kids. Isn't that just how it's supposed to be? You know, if we consider what the two greatest commands are in following Jesus, do you remember them? I mean, Jesus was asked that question. What's at the heart of living life the best way if we want to bless God and bless, be blessed in our lives. It's loving God, loving others. That's at the heart of what our Christian walk should be. Loving God, loving others. Well, please, the person who is a striker, a violent person is counter this. It's the opposite. So if you've been the recipient of this, God's heart hurts for you. If you're the one doing it, God's heart hurts for you and for the person you are hurting. You are both missing out on the better, blessed life. So, guys, I hope, girls, if you're listening out there, I hope we're seeing this. You know, this is not just a guy thing. I know there's some ladies out there that bleak tease is part of their lives. They are, they verbally Many times it's verbally, sometimes it is physically hurting others. Maybe it's a small level, maybe it's a huge level, but it's, it's happening. So first, let me just say, if this has happened to you, if you were the one who was abused or assaulted in some way, any way, no matter if it were someone that you don't know, like a, in a road rage moment, or if it's someone near and dear to you that hurt you, I just want to say my heart breaks for you. I'm so sorry. My heart hurts for you. God's heart hurts for you as well. God did not want that for you. This is not his will. I don't want you to be thinking, well, it's just part of life. No, it's not. This is not what God would want for you. It is sin. And sin, the sin of that person who hurt you caused it. So if you are that person, I just, just some suggestions for you. First, there's a book. It's, it's been around for a while, but it's still a great book. I read it. I read it like 20 years ago, and it's just a powerful book. It's called Healing for Damaged Emotions, written by David Siemens. So if you've been hurt in some way, in some type of abuse, even if it was your family of some kind, you know, it's a book that it's not going to fix you. 
but it's going to help you to see the hurt. It's going to help you to, to start the journey of healing. Siemens, he's a Christian man and he writes this from a counseling perspective. He counsels people and he's helped a lot of people through this. And counseling is another th- option for you. If you're, if you have so much deep down pain, you know, find counseling. You can start with me, but, uh, you know, if you need to, but there's a good chance that I'm going to be referring you to someone who's even better at counseling than I am to help you through some of the depth that you, maybe you're struggling through. And another thing is, you know, forgiving the person who hurt you. I know it sounds absurd, at least in this moment, because you're wounded, you are hurt. You're presently being hurt, maybe. So to forgive that person, really? Yeah, it's a journey sometimes to be able to do that, but oh, how freeing it can be. If you need some help with that, uh, Adam Hamilton wrote a book called Forgiveness, Finding Peace Through Letting Go. It's just a simple, small read, or it's a study that you get a DVD and uh, you'll hear him talk through it, but it can help you in learning what that forgiveness can look like. Now, if this is you, If you are someone who does this to others at whatever level it is, if you have had moments when you went off on someone in your home, in your car, at a meeting, at work, you are missing out on a better life. It's not the best way to handle things. It's just not. It did not work out well for those people in the Bible who did it, and it won't work out for well for you either. You are hurting others, not loving others, simply as that. And so therefore you're not in the best place where God would want you to be. God has a better way for you. And especially in helping to build better relationships for the kingdom's sake. You know, what does Paul say about himself when he looks at his own life with pleat tees and he realizes he's been there? It's in first Timothy chapter one, verses 13 to 16. Paul says this, Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ and in my insolence, I persecuted his people. There's the pleaties that he's talking about. He knows he did. He hurt people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. I just didn't know any better yet. He says, Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, he says, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. So guys, if this is you, If you are hurting someone or if you have hurt someone in the past, look what Paul says. You know, it doesn't matter how bad you think you were or how bad you think you are. God's grace is available for you. Paul says it was available for him, the worst of sinners, killing Christians. But God loved him where he was and now takes him on a journey of loving you where you are. Paul says there is a better way and it, and it is life, a blessed life. It comes from a walk with Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit of God through his grace to transform and change us into not hurting others, not being violent with others, but instead loving others. 
you know, if you didn't get a chance to listen to episode 50 yet, the one that talks about being self-centered, go with it, wrestle with it, listen to it, and let that help you out a little bit. You know, if you did hurt someone in the past or are hurting someone, first and foremost, stop it. Do whatever you have to do to get away from that situation so that you're not going to keep doing it. Next, ask for forgiveness. I know, humbling, humiliating maybe, okay, but you hurt them. So for you to go to them and ask for forgiveness, it's, it's freeing for you. It's freeing for them. It allows love to move. Maybe you need to talk about it with someone, talk about it with your life group. And if you don't have one, find someone to talk this over with. Maybe you have some issues on your own from when you hurt that, that has your way of thinking and living not where it should be. So talk it over with people. Maybe you just need to figure out how to move forward out of this. Help let other godly people help you through this. Again, very simply, the answer to this one comes down to the two greatest commands. Love God. He loved you first. So as you look more and more at the love that God has for you, that he will not be violent with you and strike you just to hurt you. He's not self-centered, so he's not going to do it, you know, for that reason, for sure. But instead, God is going to love you. He already loves you. Even while you are yet a sinner, he's loving you and longing for a better life for you. So love him back. And the best way for you to love God back is to love others. So if you're hurting someone right now, let God show you how to love. Now, if you know someone who's struggling with this one, if you know someone that's hurting others, it's time for us to love them by helping them to see the error of their ways. That's an act of love too. And that can be hard. I get it. It's challenging to call someone out to, uh, to help you know, them see a better way. Maybe just help them, maybe tell them to listen to this podcast. Maybe, maybe listen with them because then you have a, an opportunity to talk it over with them afterwards. Okay, guys, ladies, if you're listening, it's crazy that this one is on the list. But then again, I guess not. Thanks be to God that the Holy Spirit has grace for each of us and the sin each of us is still struggling with. God's not done with us yet. It's a journey, a journey of holiness. So guys, keep going. Keep surrendering. Keep letting God move by the by his grace. Guys, God longs for you to have a better holy life. So we move from the things that are not of God towards the things that are of God. And we're going to find more and more of a blessed life because it's a holy life. Have a great week and we'll see you next week.